Thanks for listening. This is the second of our two-part take on the Octone Cthulhu books, and in this episode, we're going to talk for about an hour about the GM's Guide. Thanks for listening to Fluff and Crunch, where we talk about the connection and sometimes disconnect between system, setting, and story in tabletop RPGs. So, so here we are recording the second part of our Octone Cthulhu first reactions. Uh, this is taking place in the same calendar week as the first one was recorded, so we haven't had any. Unless you, have you snuck in any gaming in the last two days, three days? Uh, when do we record? Monday. Yeah, I played a game of Marvel on Monday night. I got but, nothing. Uh, <laughs> I got nothing. Well, that's okay. That's all right. Uh, yeah, well, let's 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 tackle this thing. This what two hundred and sixty some pages of Octone Cthulhu uh, issue number two, Game Master's Guide. What's in it? So look, so introduction again. So yeah, it starts off the first two bits the same. A little introduction about acting Cthulhu in the two D twenty, and then this time we've again got the same secret ward section. The difference is this section is much much bigger because it kind of goes into a lot more detail. Of again, it's the same. It's the same. Uh, oh, I did it. I don't know the word ever, but it's the, the section and majestic. The two. Yeah, it's this. It, I'd say like this. It's the same color. six factions. Fact, yeah. It, it makes oh, sense for a miniatures game for a, which is weird because it wasn't a miniatures game when they did it originally, and now it feels like the factions have become more sort of like a thing, because they needed to have clear factions. Well, I think it makes sense. I mean, if you're, you know, the, the so they have section M, which is the British, uh, you know, counter creepy stuff organization majestic which is the american black sun black sun and Nachtwulfa, which are the two german ones that don't get along with each other and then they have the deep ones and the migo so those are the six major factions in the the secret war as it says and yeah you're right i mean they they gave about 40 some odd pages there's a big chunk of the book uh to to each of those they get about 10 pages each uh, a lot of detail for the for the GM. Uh, so then there's a reasonable section on kind of cool new weapons. So stuff that maybe the players, like basically the stuff that the players can't start with. So it's like gadgets and cool guns and stuff. So it's that kind of thing. There's some weird things I found in there because I think I definitely read in one place in the book that Majestic aren't as big on the magic. They're bigger at like technology. Mm-hmm. Like you know, they don't have the same background in the, in the Celtic and Norse magics. They rely on technology, but then for some reason, the section M is six pages of cool gizmos, and Majestic only get three. So I, I was a bit puzzled by that. It's like you've literally said in the book that Majestic have all the cool tech, and then you've given them less. And then somehow Deep Ones and Mego get secret weapons. But I mean, I haven't looked details. So maybe it's artifacts as opposed to like it, it's. Know, I glance. I I looked over it, and it's it's like. I looking at the deep ones uh, offerings, which is only like a page and some. They were things that seemed um, relevant to or appropriate, rather, to the deep ones. But that's a that's a pretty good sized section. It's about uh, it's almost thirty pages, and it's broken down by faction. And then there's a big table or a couple of pages of tables at the very end of that section, which takes all of the descriptions and puts them there with their stats, which I think is actually pretty handy. Yeah. Uh, so then we've got a nice kind of like you said in the player's guide that there's there's a bunch more magic in here. So we've got almost 40, no, 20 pages of extra of extra magic, uh, like spells and rituals and you know, cool stuff like that, which is like what we said, there isn't a huge amount of magic in the in the player, in the player book. So it's nice to have uh, like a load more magic things. It also means that you could like adapt spells from that if you needed to. So yeah, that's that was appreciated. Yeah, actually, I, I look in here, it's like 30-some-odd pages total. Um, and what's nice is that most of it is, most of it are things, there are some additional allied traditions of battlefield magic, but then most of it is things that the enemies would use or you would find in, like, nasty old tomes and such like that. Um, and I will circle back to magic uh, after we, when we start talking about, like, what we think of it. But, yeah, that's a, that is a, a big chunk of the book, and I think it's, it's a it's a necessary piece for the GM side of things for dealing with magic in the game. 
have we got 30, 30 odd pages of sort of the games master stuff. So it has the standard games master running scenes things, but then it's got the modifier, like the 2D20 specific stuff about the skill test, pose test, how to use truths. There's actually like a decent four pages there of using truths. So I, one of the things I said about the player's guide is I didn't think there was enough on truths. So there's a decent chunk here. Um, things how to use threats, again, decent chunk there. Uh, and then things like how to give experience and a few things about NPCs. So that's a, that's a, a useful chunk of kind of a mix of the standard GM stuff you expect and then the specific stuff for the system. And then chapter five is Heroes and Villains of the Secret War, which is broken down again by faction and then broken down even further where there are like generic forces, like there are generic British forces and generic, and then there's uh, uh, like British Secret War Special Forces and then they have field operatives for Section M and top brass of Section M and then they break down Majestic and then they've got the, Ac the Axis, Black Sun and Octavofa as well. So they have the the human factions represented in in chapter six, which is about fifty some pages, um, and I like that because it's it's actually a lot like what we're seeing in like the Shackleton Expanse book for Star Trek Adventures, where there are generic NPCs that fit into these different factions, but there are also named NPCs like the 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 different leaders and key operatives that are mentioned in chapter two, the secret war for these different factions, they're all statted out in, uh, in chapter six. So that's, that's a lot. There's a lot there. Yeah. And then on top of that, so we've got what 50 odd pages of, of like NPCs. And then there's another 50 pages of essentially monsters going from sort of animals and sort of monstery things to then the deep ones, the Mego. And then oh, it says elder gods, but I didn't actually read that. We haven't got yeah. That. Actually, yeah. Let's, yeah. See, let's go look at Cthulhu's stats here. Literally where my mind went. That's exactly where you're going too. Because yeah, I kind of they, like they, page uh, two fifty three, a nemesis level. You think nemesis level NPC of Cthulhu? Ooh, twelve armor. Well, there you go. He's not taking any damage at all. I don't know why they even gave him stress. So we <laughs> trying to find something that would actually do that much yeah, damage. No, that ain't gonna happen. Wow, courage of twelve. Yeah. Yeah, that's the kind of thing I like that because it's things like you could just kind of thing where you could start an Acton Cthulhu game and go, right, let's make some characters, but I'm going to hear some, here's just let's get the idea of how the game plays. Give, here's some random PCs you're going to start with. And the first encounter is like, all right, Cthulhu and you get stomped. And they're like, right, right. Here's the characters you actually wanted to play. Yeah. Um, like, kind of like an intro, like, you know, before the, before the, before the opening credits of the of the film type thing with just Cthulhu stomping. Just to so how, just how rotten the top of the pyramid that, <laughs> yeah. that opposes you is, just how bad and, and powerful it is. Okay. All right. So it's a two little over 260 pages. Uh, a lot of good art. I like I like the way that it's laid out. I like the typesetting. Uh, I like the color contrast of the black font against the light tan kind of uh I don't know. It looks like it's supposed to look like old paper or something like that, but it's, it's pleasing on the eyes in sunlight and pleasing on the eyes in a uh, regular like light bulb setting. So that's, that's good. And like I said, the art's good. There are uh, some pictures that I saw in the quick start. Uh, there are a couple of pictures from a quick trip to France and the rest of it is all new. So what do you think? Where do you want to focus? Because I've got some, I have some first reactions uh, and and some observations. But uh, what do you think? What do you think of it as a as a whole? I mean, as a whole, there's this. It's, I find it a bit weird. It's kind of bits of it are uh, like the extra stuff that the players might need. There's not, you know, the extra magic is cool, but the players didn't need that, so it needs to be in here. The extra, uh, the extra, the cool weapons that they might get, you know, when they get to a higher level, that kind of that's really good. Um, the more background stuff is welcome, but I, I wish there was more of it because, you know, there's still not a huge, we're, we're talking, you know, this, this is like a whole extra setting and yeah, I know what happened in world war two, but you know, we've got made up organizations and Cthulhu things here. And actually there's not a huge amount on that, but then the bestiary is great. Like if I just wanted to like throw monsters at the, at the players and that's how I wanted to play my game um they just do kind of you know dungeon crawling but not you know not in a dungeon then i think it's great for that you know like a hundred pages of monsters that's way more than we get in in most you know because essentially this is half of a court book so 
uh that's that's really good like you said like the art's good layouts the the fine um so yeah that's that's the positives for me i'll let you do those there's a big negative for me but i'll I'll get on to that later i like this actually and i'm happy with what's in this as a gm's guide you're absolutely right in if you wanted to just throw a bunch of you know as you say baddies at uh at at the pcs you have a, a variety of different kinds of Axis troops to throw at them. You've got lots of vehicles and you have lots of equipment from the player's guide, but you have all the different enemies that would wield those things. You have all the things that would that would wield those weapons and vehicles and whatnot. They're all in this book and there are a lot of them. And I, I think that, you know, sometimes, I, well, not sometimes, I've never been a fan of the like 500 NPCs books or, you know, Traveler has this 1,001 NPCs. You know, like you, you use two of them because they're all really, this behind the scenes, they're just blah. There's nothing to them. I really think that this gives you a lot of different kinds of, of uh, generic NPCs. You know, there's the Black Sun Trooper. There's the Black Sun Demon Trainer. The Black Sun Novice. The Black Sun Master. And those fit differently together organizationally, like when they go out and do their Black Sun things. And so having those different having those different options, I think, with escalation rules and whatnot, I think is really cool. So yeah, if you just wanted to hurl stuff at players, uh, put together teams and have them like, you know, attack a castle or whatever, you could you've got all the the fodder for that. Two things, actually three parts of this book really stand out to me that I'm I'm and, and make me very happy and maybe happy thus far in my reading of this. Um, I really like the section on um the factions which is chapter two which we said is about what yeah yeah about 50 some odd pages or so 40 some yeah whatever um i i don't know if you know how much of that chapter have you read i mean not like very little i've started skinning okay i've read most of it and i'm struck by two things by it two very positive things in my book Uh, well one of them is kind of a, a an interesting like decision by Modifius in their their writing style, but the the content presented for each of those factions goes essentially from pre-war background all the way through the war. Mm-hmm. So wherever you wanted to, if you're a GM and you're thinking, oh, I I, I might want to start an Octum Cthulhu campaign in Europe before the war starts, so before September of 1939. Okay, you have you have a a um, a slice of the history of these organizations at that time. If you're like, ah, oh, no, I I want to have something really cool. I, I years ago, I don't know if you ever um, played the D20 version, uh, the original version of um, Weird War Two: Blood on the Rhine. No. Oh well, I did, um, <laughs> and and I remember, and it was you know D20 everything, and I um, we ran a short campaign that started with the characters as Pathfinder, American Pathfinder airborne troops dropping into Normandy a few hours before the rest of the airborne divisions. So if you wanted to start your war there in 1944, you just move to the paragraphs that are relevant to that point forward. So those are, I think, you've got pretty comprehensive uh, summary level views of what these factions are up to where they're up to these things and who's involved in them and like all the internal politics, good, bad, and weird, all that stuff is there. Now, the interesting piece that struck me is that all of these are written, that is for the human factions. Uh, They don't do this for the deep ones or the me go. It's all written in the present tense, which I found persistently fascinating when I was reading it because it wasn't written as this happened like here's this distinct box of content of story and it's done it it felt like i was it felt like i was moving through each piece of it as i was reading it and for some reason and maybe this was i mean well it was obviously at least in part subjective but there was something about it that made me feel more i was thinking through it as i was reading it because i wasn't reading it as it happened Noctvulfa did this, dot, 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 very expository. It, it felt more like I was watching this action <laughs> unfold 
And for some reason, I don't know, that just resonated with me. I thought it was a, it was a fascinating uh, writing decision, style decision that, um, that got me thinking while I was reading about, oh, that would be cool. So Majestic did this, 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 and this, you know, in response to what uh, Section M was up to. Uh, oh, that'd be really cool. I could have a story that incorporates this piece of it or that or whatever. Uh, so I'd recommend if you have this book, take the time to work through those pages. Don't, don't scan them. Really read them closely. Um, and uh, I wonder if you have a similar experience. I thought it was, it was, just, it was just interesting because it's not like anything I've ever, I've ever read before in, uh, in game material. I am also a big fan of the, uh, the Magic and the Game Master chapters. I'm happy with the Game Master chapter because, you know, lots of books will do that. And I, it makes sense. They have the obligatory how to run a game pages. And, you know, we have to remember that my guess is that most people who are going to buy this are not people who have never played a, a role-playing yeah. game before. But there are some who are going to be less so. And so those things are useful. If they're well-written, they potentially have gems for, for anybody, regardless of, of how long you've been in this hobby. But I, I think they did a really good job of explaining how the system functions and how you manage it from your side as GM point by point. You know, like you said, they, they talk about running scenes, skill tests, opposed tests, challenges, and extended tests, tests using truths, so on and so on and so on. All these things that are unique to the two die 20 system. They not only explain for the sake of this version of it and this setting, but honestly, like that's a chunk of this book that I would push on anybody, player or GM, who wants to really understand these rules well with examples and have them all in one place. I mean, you're looking at about a 25-page section covers all of it. Yeah, like I said, one of the things, I mean, it's kind of what we said about the player's guide. Actually, this falls in the middle of a good a good rule a good look at how the 2d20 system is meant to work and it's in the middle of all the other ones and if you're struggling with maybe one of the other ones you could look at this for like good example and a good explanation of how it works and they've done the same in the gm thing here you know it's got very clear things of what you can do with complications and how things like opposed and extended tests work and then there's like a really big chunk on the of, of truths because in some of the other ones truths like in the player's guide the truths are very vague but since the truths are meant to be mostly adjudicated by the gm there's, you know, funnily enough, there is lots more in the GM thing. And then there's a ton of stuff in the momentum spend and like threat. There's even things where if you're, if you're doing like squad level fighting, there's extra threat spends that you can use there. Um, you know, so there's some really, it's just, it's a really good GM section. But yeah, you know, something that, that stood out to me too, uh, I'm really glad that they spent time they spent an extended time, haha, ha, there's my dad joke, on extended tasks. <laughs> uh, they, they spent a good amount of time explaining how they work and, and in so doing, I think, how to, uh, how to build them. And then I thought this was really fascinating. On uh, page 134 and 135, they, they flip the extended task around or give you a way to add a parallel track of consequences yeah. which is genius and uh uh it's not something that popped up or not something that was mentioned in i think in any of the other games not that i've seen but i i think it's did you read that no i was, I was just looking at it as you as you mentioned before that is really okay so so to cool you folks listening you know that in two die 20 an extended task you you have a stress track, so you're essentially doing damage to a, a problem that is multifaceted, complicated, and is going to take time. It's you're not just going to pick the lock and be done with it. You're trying to, I don't know, uh, like what what would be a, an example of an extended task? Maybe like building something that might take a couple hours, yeah. something like that. Yeah, that maybe you know building something that you know, like a, like a bridge over a creek or whatever. Something that's going to take a while and has different kinds of skill and effort inputs. That's fodder for an extended task. And, you know, you, if you've played this, you know that there's a stress track. So essentially you roll tasks against this thing's stress track and you're, you're doing, in effect, damage to it. And you're chipping away at the amount of work that needs to be done to achieve this thing. And you make breakthroughs 
for every five points of stress achieved. Uh, as you, you know, maybe if you're you're trying to say, like I said, this is a stupid example, maybe, but like build a bridge to put across a creek. So maybe the first step is gathering, finding and gathering the materials. The second step would be, uh, or second, you know, part of that would be putting the thing together. And then maybe the third piece would be putting it across the creek and anchoring it so you're not going to fall in the water and drown with all your equipment, something like that. Uh, so as you make progress, you achieve these 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 breakthroughs and potentially the difficulty of the whole task uh, decreases. Well, what they did is they came up with this idea called a consequence track where instead of you just working toward your goal and, and slowly incrementally achieving progress toward it, there could potentially be consequences for complications role or, or task role failures. And the example they give is you're, some brave, majestic agents are attempting to infiltrate a Nazi-occupied town. So the idea is you, you're going to creep around all stealthy in a town for a while, but the problem is there are these, these enemy patrols. And so as you go from house to house, maybe your extended task is going house to house and creeping around silently and trying to find like a, a mark, an arcane mark or something like that that's been hidden somewhere. So that's what you're trying to accomplish. But if you roll, if you fail your... Uh, roles in this in doing it's not just you don't make progress toward it there could be a consequence or if you roll a complication and so they present a way to have a what's called a consequence track where you could essentially achieve negative milestones or negative breakthroughs that it like you know you fail okay maybe now the guards are alerted but they don't know they don't know that something's there they just heard a sound they're on alert well if you get another complication then they're going to start looking around in the area where you are you get another complication based in this example and now they they find you so i thought that was a really fascinating way to add another layer to a, an extended task just depending on its nature because it's something do, working on something complicated and long term the effort and the challenge in it is not just you trying to climb the mountain it's also you risking the consequences of tripping and falling and rolling ass over kettle back down the mountain figuratively yeah i really like it i think um this is one of the things that they had in the the expanse role-playing game that was going on about it was a very similar thing to this where you'd have like sort of like a two-level track thing where you'd have the things you need to succeed but at the same time if if you've got so many fails, then you would fail it. You would have to like, you've got to get 10 successes before you get, you know, five of the five, like, you know, complications or fails or anything, which is similar. This, this has got more detail to it and it's really well thought out. But that was that again, where there was a really cool system of, it, you know, you didn't have an infinite amount of time to succeed something. You had to be careful that you didn't mess it up at the same time. So yeah, this is, I like what they've done here. This is pretty cool. Yeah. And I, I this is definitely something that could easily be, used in any of the other systems you just would create this consequence track and the nice thing too is that if you are the kind of gm who likes to plan out like a a, a really cool set piece encounter then this becomes another layer that you could plan through to it because you could think about well you know they're they're i don't know in some cave system and they're trying to make their way across to some platform that has an ancient tome on it or whatever and they have to get past the hot lava something like that but there are like deep one patrols or migo patrols or something like that if you're thinking about that as a gm i think that having this structure to build a consequence track to complement that uh extended task I actually think would spur and focus creativity because it gives you something to to take the story and then hang it on hang it on something mechanical. Yeah, I think they've done a they've done a good job here of of putting that in and putting a bit more on it than you know maybe they, they've had extended tasks in the past, but I don't think they've been as, as maybe they've not added the extra stuff. So this is again like you said, even if you're not planning on using Act Cthulhu, this is a good place to come and look to from another two two D twenty game to have a look at. Yeah, for sure. What about the uh, what about the magic chapter? I'm I'm a I'm a fan of that. But what are your thoughts on that? I haven't looked at it massively, but the, the main thing for me is simply that there are more spells in it. So there's more rituals yeah. and there's more spells. And although, like, I don't want to go to like the silly, you know, sort of five e pathfinder amount of spells, 
just having more spells for an idea of like, you know, this kind of spell should use this skill and this is the difficulty and this is the cost. So if you're wanting to use extra things, you know, you've got, there are some extra spells within here, which is just, that's just nice to kind of see how they want it. Also, because then if we're looking at converting into another system, then that gives us more spells to work off. So yeah, I, I just like the fact that there are a bunch more spells. And then there's like all the ritual kind of things, which is kind of what we'd expect to see in something like this, where you've got evil, you know, sorcerers or whatever, summoning up things. That's exactly the kind of stuff. I want lots and lots of rituals. So yeah, that's great. Yeah, I agree. You got two things. Having more is good. You have more magic for players and you have lots more magic for enemies. And then you have all, and that's both battle magic and rituals. And then by virtue of having those things, you now have more mental models to go by if you wanted to create new or convert from uh, something else. And uh, I think it's fascinating too how essentially if you if you pull back a bit, rituals are just extended tasks. Yeah. I mean, mechanically they are, but story-wise, you just, you, you could, you can create a ritual. If you understand how the extended task system works, you can create a ritual. So you could just sit back and think like, okay, what kind of horrible thing do I want the black sun to, to be trying to achieve by sacrificing all these people or doing whatever horrible things they're going to do. And then you just create the extended task and, well, bam, you've got a ritual. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's like that. The, the other thing I really like about this, which I wasn't expecting to see in here, because I was thinking like Act Cthulhu is a bit more like Fighty Cthulhu, but there's a whole section at the end of it about mythos tombs where they kind of talk about how it works. And then they give you like a like three or four pages of different, I think it's like five pages, of different tomes that like, you know, the players or the, oh, including the Necronomicon. Uh, yep. The players or the NPCs could be, you know, could be fighting over or, or using. So that, that I, I wasn't expecting to see that. And I was like, huh, cool. Yeah, I think that's that's neat because, again, you have those, which then you could think about and go back and read about the factions and maybe be inspired to come up with some kind of a campaign to find this thing or stop them from finding it or, you know, whatever. But then again, if you wanted to create Tobin's Spirit Guide from <laughs> Ghostbusters or a Spate's Guide to the Unknown or whatever, now you have models. You have models to go by. So I, I appreciate that. I always like, I'm not a big one, rather, like, our, like weapons and equipment guides don't float my boat. I'm not the person, I, I don't go out and buy those kinds of, just like, you know, 200 pages of, of more guns, you know, and, and more, more, you know, like, oh, it's a four-wheeled truck or a six-wheeled truck. Like, I, that, my money doesn't go toward that. But I like including things like what they've got in here, you know, more of this magic and more of these items and these things you could use as artifacts because it, it's, it's inspiration because these things are really closer to the, the, the foundation of this story and this setting than like another truck. Uh, yeah. I mean, this is actually adding to like cool things, like I say, I mean, like in the right setting, then I, you know, if I'm playing Shadowrun, I want a billion guns and vehicles and stuff because that's what that game is about. But right in this, something like that, I, I wasn't expecting to see that in there. And I, I thought that was a really nice touch of, you know, something else that you can throw into your ventures. So that was, I, I like that. Uh, what about the screen, which I don't have? I, I did not order the, the whole shebang. I just have the two books. So before I go so, on to the screen, uh, let's, just imagine, let's imagine for momentary the screen and the thing that comes with it doesn't exist. The one big issue I have with this book is that, like you said, there are, there's, there are these sections at the end of the, at the, end of the Secret War section. We have this like missions and goals, and it kind of goes through kind of some of like what, what the aims of the different, uh, what the aims of the different, like we said, factions are. And then there's only about a page and a half for each one. And although it kind of gives you an idea of stuff that that faction is doing, it doesn't necessarily give you like sort of story hints. It doesn't, you know, there's True. maybe an idea you could have, but not very clear ones. So I'd, re I, you know, I'd flick through that. And I was kind of stunned and So then when I got to the GM section, right, somewhere in the GM section, there will be the thing that I always want in any, in any role-playing game, ideally somewhere in the GM section, what is it that the players do? Now, this is where I massively fell down on Mutant Chronicles and never, despite having loads of books and we were playing, I could never really work out what the players were meant yeah. to do. Somewhere in the book, it talks about like, oh, you can use the classic campaign where you are, I can't remember, Doom Troopers or what kind of, whether they were for mercenaries. But even then, I couldn't work out what a mercenary was meant to do. 
Now, Infinity, I didn't have this problem because I was aware of the world a bit, but also I've only ever played pre-written adventures in Infinity, so it wasn't an issue. Conan, because it was close to fantasy, um, again, I didn't have the problem. But in, in this, it's one of the things I've noticed in an awful lot of, of, of Modiphius books is that I kind of, what I want is a couple of pages of like, right, here's some suggestions for actual adventures. Like, if we, you know, there, we haven't got many pre-written ones yet, so I can't go and you like, if I'm playing Star Trek, there are tons of pre-written adventures because they've done two books now, loads of other ones they've done in like living campaigns. And like you said, in the Shackleton Expanse, they've got those mission brief things that you were talking about, that that was the thing made me think, I might buy that book. I'm not really interested in it. But if they've got a bunch of one-page story ideas that I can take and run with it, brilliant. This book has just doesn't have that. It just at the end of the GM section, I was flicking through, okay, I like that, you know, it's telling me how to do threat. I know that already, but it's nice to have it in one place. Oh, it's great. The truth's great. I love the truth stuff. All this stuff about the NPC is brilliant. Oh, look, I've got, you know, 100 pages of monsters, wonderful. Where, where's my section that tells me what I can do? Are, are my players, I mean, is it always going to be the thing that I do anytime there's evil cultists, which is the evil cultists are going to do a ritual. You have to find where the ritual is going to be and at the end of it, stop it. Because that's what I'd end up doing. So I was like, no, there's going to be other stuff. There is nothing in that book that very clearly mm. says, here is a whole bunch of, adventure ideas or story you know whatever you want to call it that just they just it isn't in there and that really it's, bugged me that it's like i just i wanted that it would you know two pages of here's a bunch of things that might happen you know the kind of what does an action cthulhu adventure look like it's, it's just not in there you know it's that you make an interesting point and a good point actually because like i in reading those backgrounds of the factions i got thinking about story threads you know or elevator pitches that's what i got yeah. i got thinking um and i i did the same when i was looking through the name especially the named npcs yeah you know however you know the the star trek the original federation uh rule book i'll just call it that the original one you know that has a um that has a, a, a short adventure in the back of it you know, which is pretty typical. That's pretty uh, pretty typical for for game books that you know you'll you'll have a short adventure in the back. Okay, well, given that there is a free quick start online for this, maybe you say, well, you don't need it. All right. However, there's a there's a short adventure in the back of the Klingon rulebook. There's a short adventure in um in the Dune rulebook. Is there not? Yeah, there is. Um, uses the same PCs as the quick start but there is a short adventure there. Okay. I actually, I think you're right because the default uh, uh, like player or character group is going to be something like Kelly's Heroes or the Dirty Dozen <laughs> or, you know, it, it's going to be like your small commando team, your small elite team of maybe not misfits, but like this really diverse group of, of like weirdos who go, you know, do commando type stuff. Yeah. That's the most default uh, like players or character setting that I see, that's what I infer from this. But it would it would be nice to have something that either plays to that or maybe presents a, a divergent um, option. Even a section now, which said, "Here are some potential parties." So it said, like, right, you can play a standard World War Two like campaign All right great i'll just go and watch a bunch of world war ii films and i'll just steal the plots from them or it says right nothing no, wrong a, with that there's a mystery investigation thing more like your standard cthulhu there's not even a thing which says here's some different building blocks yeah. or different ways to, it's like somewhere they've just assumed that you are going right. to know how to make adventures for Act and cthulhu and i just read you know, and I, you know I flipped and went no i haven't got a clue i wonder I wonder if that, and I no idea, obviously, and if you're a Modifius person out there, maybe you send us a, a, a voice comment through Anchor and let us know. I wonder if it's because it's so firmly rooted in not just the real world, but the real world within living memory. Possibly. I, I wonder if that's a piece yeah, of it. I mean, I, I suspect there is another reason, and th this has been a common problem between all of the Modifius games is, Obviously, there's a GM screen. Now, in most other systems, I don't bother buying the GM screens because I tend to find I can make a better GM screen myself.
by just like you said last session, taking the main tables, putting on some paper, yeah. printing it. And I've basically got like my own hack together screen where it's got plastic wallets in it. And I slip all my bits of paper in it and I put pictures the other side and it does the job for almost anything. But Modifius have got into this habit of with their GM screens comes a little GM toolkit. Right. Like Conan, which yeah. is great. So, and usually it's a bunch of, yeah, randomly generated things or suggest, and that's got, got exactly that. And, and this goes even a step further We've got things like, you know, literally it's a random generated thing. So it starts off with, it gives the things like, like time period, what year is your, if you were totally randomly, but even if you weren't doing randomly, you'd get an idea of the kind of things you put in. So we've got things like what theater operation you are. Are you actually taking place to an actual battle that happened in world war two? You know, so oh, wait, this, this is, is this in the GM screen? Yeah. So you get the little GM toolkit, which I'm holding up, which obviously. Okay. All right. So in that we've got, so yeah, the book that, that comes with it. So they call it the GM toolkit. It comes with the screen. I'll, I'll talk about the screen. In a bit. Um, so yeah, we've got like time period, what actual battles you can do. Um, there's like kind of the overall thing for the story, a plot concept, which antagonists are in it. Like the loads more detail of like sporting. It's a lot like Conan as well. Yeah, it sounds it's, it's like. like those kind of things, you know, Call these like an opening scene generator. So, you know, because obviously it's not D&D, so you can't meet in a meet in a tavern. Um, you know, then loads you of things. You could meet in a pub if you were in England, right? <laughs> um, and then it's got lots of different things for sort of scenes, obstacles, buildings, um, extra, you know, if the bad guys know what their goals are. That's, that's great. That's given me a whole bunch of ideas. Now, they've done this all the way through, okay? All the way through all of the different Modifius things. They've done this, which is why I always buy the GM screen because it gives me a cool extra bunch of things. Like if I want to just randomly roll up an adventure, I can. The thing that has annoyed me this time is that this has the separate GM book already. So there's 26 pages there of stuff, which really that should just be, that should be in the GM guy. There's just no excuse for it. it. Yeah. Like it, actually, Infinity had a, did have a separate GM book. So again, there was no excuse that Conan didn't. So I, I don't mind a separate toolkit thing for, for Conan. And I don't mind a separate one. I think Fallout's got something like that. When there is no separate GM guide, having this cool little toolkit thing, which is kind of, it's an added bonus. You don't need to have it, but it's nice. But when there's an actual GM guide, that's like, why, right. why is that not in the GM guide? I've now got, I've got the GM guide and then I've got a separate little book that, it, you know, it's not a hardback. It's a little thing. If I use it loads, it could fall to pieces. It really bugs me. And I know it's actually, it's because they've stuck to the thing of, they've got in the habit of now of GM screen, little booklet that goes with it. You know, I, I think that I, I, I get where they're coming from in a way. And this is just, this is a guess. So maybe I get where they're coming from. I, I liked, you know, the Conan GM screen is really well made because of what's in it for the GM. That is like the tables and the information that are on. I think it's it's a terrific GM screen. I also like the fact that it is it's more uh, landscaped than uh, than portrait. It's it's a little shorter but wider. Uh, and then I like the um, I like that booklet that comes with the adventure generating booklet. Yes. That's terrific. Most GM screens traditionally have been the screen. Yeah. So you basically get this like piece of cardstock and you hope that there are some tables and information on your side of it that are useful and they don't they don't come with anything else. The idea of packaging a uh, like a GM toolkit with the screen to me actually makes the screen more attractive. Uh but I understand where you're coming from that you that kind of information you would want um in the the gm's guide itself because there is a dedicated gm's guide now there is not a dedicated gm's guide for dune no the the only other one that's got a gm's guide is infinity and even that if you look at the infinity gm's guide it's mostly his stuff that we really wanted to get in the player's book but we were already massive so we've kind of created this other book to put some stuff in um, that's really what that book was. So it's kind of like that, that almost like, I think it was an afterthought that when they tried to do it, they were like, Oh, we, we're going to have, cause it's got stuff like ship combat rules and things. It's not really a GM's guide. It's properly a, we couldn't fit any more into the main. Yeah, it's like, it's more like an expanded rules reference. Yeah. Uh, one thing I, I, I hope they do. And I just thought of that. You actually made me think of this while you were going on <laughs> about, uh, you, you're just like going off. <laughs> You know, you've just been let down. My goodness. No, but I, I think you make a valid point. But I I like I love the mission briefs in Star Trek Adventures. They're outstanding. Now, if 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 Modifius doesn't use, doesn't call 
doesn't use what they should call op orders. They should call them op orders because in the U.S. Army, an operations order is the formal lesson plan for going doing. It's going to do an army crap. It's an op order. So it should be an op, modifius. Call it an op order. Okay, do it. That would be cool because like a one page. I mean, they could they could print out a you know a ton of those kinds of things. One page and like here's the here's the issue and uh, here's the you know here's the story. I know that they have a couple of. Um, inexpensive downloadable PDF adventures. They have one uh, that's based around uh, the Cliffs of Dover, which sounds pretty cool. They have one that's based in the U.S. that has to do with baseball. I know nothing about baseball. Maybe that makes me a bad American, but uh, but they they have, it's called like the seventh inning scream or something like, it's kind of cool. It, it, it has a, it seems to have the right like period vibe to it, but I would love to see much like what they've done with Star Trek Adventures, where there's a there's a downloadable of um, anomalies. There's like ten mission briefs that are around anomalies, and then there's one that's around I think emergencies or something like that. Um, that could be a cool way to deliver like low cost, uh, simple ways of you know of presenting the story ideas that that, that are not in this GM's guide. Operations orders and op order. That's what it's called. Yeah, the screen itself's actually it's fine. I, I imagine there's going to be a tables missing because they got they got weapon effects and qualities, momentum Good. spends, fortune spends, or maybe threats spends or somewhere. No, great. So there we go. Something straight away that is missing. Uh item restricted resistance, useful. And then they've got like a difficulty thing, complication my weapon range. And then actually there's a page and a half of just random tables. So if you want a random like Nazi trooper or just normal, normal German trooper or like a oh. random mythos God thing, which is like, well, like if I just randomly need to just decide which God turns up and destroys the part. So that <laughs> seems a bit weird. It's like, I imagine there's, there's probably off the top of my head. The only one I can think of obviously is that for some reason, the threat spends are not on this. It's a scrape. They seem to have this habit. They're not great at picking what goes on it so definitely here i'm looking there's like there's a page and a half of stuff which is okay it's quite nice to have those random tables but i'd rather have the tables i actually need to run the game uh yeah. and straight away i can see the threat spend isn't here so like i would need that page i mean like, i'd need that book my book open to the threat thing but i also need although i mean given that most of the threat spends are conflict momentum that's there yeah so i think it is probably but, but there are some other ones you're right yeah, yeah. So that seems yeah if you don't it's Weird. it's hard, honestly. I think uh, the call it the science of what ought to go on the GM side of a GM screen is really difficult yeah. because the the I'm I'm looking at a yeah ah, it's hard. Yeah, I'll just leave it at that because you're anticipating what a GM is going to need, but what a GM needs is based on what kind of story that GM yeah. is running and what kind of a GM that person is. Yeah. So that's that's hard to second guess. So yeah, I mean they tend to be. They're, 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 I like I said, I, I actually I buy the screens for the booklets. The reason I got the whole package thing is because like, well, I want I knew the booklet would have good stuff in it. But like I said, it, in this one, like it's because it's random tables. So I'm perfectly happy having yeah. random tables. But when I'm being lazy, and I just want to randomly generate adventure, which I very rarely do. But it's nice to have have it there in case I wanted to. But to have nothing in the actual book doing that you know like if their response is oh well you've got the gm toolkit my straight away my comeback is why isn't the toolkit in the book and then but even Although, regardless like i said the I, toolkit, I think i think including the i think including the booklet makes purchasing the screen more attractive yeah. i mean my maybe maybe there's an economics thing to it no, maybe I, throwing I, in a I totally think you're right that, that compared to my like i do not buy gm screens for any other system because they're just a screen there is no point. Yeah. I buy them for this because I like these toolkits. But because there's a separate GM guide for Cthulhu, this is the first time I'm kind of like, okay, no, wait a minute. I've already right, you know, right. I've bought a GM book and I've bought a GM toolkit. That's You seem to have doubled up there. Or at least even with the toolkit, the toolkit's just random generation, which is cool. Why isn't there more? Yeah, there, there just should be more stuff in the book. Uh, the kind of thing I've seen in other things of like, this is what your party makeup could be. This is the different styles of count. You know, it gives things an adventure pacing. It doesn't tell you what those adventures are going to be about. And that's just, to yeah, me, you know, like, I, where I is I said, that? maybe, maybe it's, 
you know, it, it's interesting if you if you look at, uh, and we're not going to use five E as a whipping boy, but uh, but if you look at, like, well, no, actually, the five E DMG has a lot of. It's got tables to generate random things, yeah. And what a what a setting looks like, and although there's almost fifty years plus Tolkien that it was ripped off from of what are the tropes of of basic plots yeah. in fantasy they're established and so i think i i think you're absolutely you're spot on about your your comments on mutant chronicles because i have it too and i've i've read it and i still step back from it and i go i have no idea like what and where like where do my i i don't know and i try out ideas and none of them feel like they just they never they never click as to like yeah. what so what's actually the the action that my players are going to want to be part of over time in this Dune does a nice job of explaining that. I think maybe because again, this is there aren't many of them left, but we still have people in living memory from this war. Obviously, not the secret war, <laughs> but um, but I think that there's a there's a footprint that World War II left on, especially the Western world. That like I, I think that there maybe are there are structures and ideas that you could run with. Now, one thing I I do think uh, is I wouldn't say it's missing, but I think that they could benefit from over time. Maybe this is something that they could write and and put up on their site, you know, and you know, charge a nominal fee like they are for these downloadable PDF adventures. Um, the assumption here is that players are in the know. Yeah, you know, you're part of Majestic or Section M, and you are in the know. You know that there's this creepy bad stuff out there, and you are actively working against it. I mean, what about like Babes in the Woods? That is, what about um, what about a, a a campaign wherein the players start out as conventional forces, yeah. or those in the dark, and then they they get in the know, and then there is a there's an uptake into Section M yeah. or Majestic or both. Um, that's that's something that is not explored, and I think would actually be a, would be pretty cool. Yeah, I, I, I mean, luckily I have. I've, I've at least got like another some other Act and Cthulhu PDFs. I've, I'm pretty sure I've got Act and Cthulhu for I know like Fate or something, and I've got you know like Savage Worlds, Weird War Two, and stuff. I've got other books that I could go to to get. Yeah. Like, well, and they have heaps. I mean, they've been selling. Uh, I know I got an email a week or two ago about you know a clearance yeah. on what's left of the Call of Cthulhu, of Octo and Cthulhu stuff. So there's there's tons of of content out there, and. And I, they've even said this in emails. It seems to me that they're going to be in the process of converting and building new or convert, bringing over from uh, from Call of Cthulhu. So I don't think I don't think over time that we are going to lack for um, for story inspiration and and uh, and ideas. Yeah, I think this is just this is probably actually this this is on par with with Dishonored, where I kind of I went through all the books, then I went. Mm. Actually, until they release some more stuff, I think I'm going to have to put this on the back. But I could run something very generic, but I'd, I'd like, I want some help. Like June, like, you know, I read through the June stuff. And even though the book wasn't massive, um, I was kind of like, no, you know, and we, there was, we had issues with the rules. I was like, no, I can, I've got ideas. I can see how you can run a June right. thing. Like Fallout, I literally got the PDFs. I didn't have the book. I just ran that because I could see how I could sandbox it really. I just got some maps. I just dropped my players. They came out of their thing and they wandered through the wilderness. And I just had stuff happening because I could do it. They didn't need missions. They literally just walked through the wilderness. That's how that worked. Yeah, like in Infinity, animal. when it came out, I had adventures. Conan, I found really easy to make stuff because I, I maybe, you know, with Conan, I'd read the books and I'd read comics and I knew what the world was like. That was easy. Like I said, this to me is had the same, like Star Trek again. Even Star Trek, as soon as it released, had an adventure book. But even without that, sure. you know, like there's, I don't know how many different series of Star Trek there are now, but there's like lots of series of Star Trek. There's so much easy to get for inspiration. That wasn't an issue. I know that there's, they have a lot of stuff coming out. Mm. I know that there is, there's the quick start, which is free. There's the follow up to the quick start, which is only a couple of bucks. I think there's another adventure. And then there's the one uh, that takes place in the US. So they're already pumping stuff out. And the game just came out. Yeah, I know what I'm saying. Officially, I'd like it in in some of their books. I think they wouldn't kill them to put in a couple of pages of story ideas. Right. You know, like one or two pages of this is what like one or two pages of 
here's what your adventuring party might look like. Yeah. One or two pages of here's some campaign ideas, one or two pages of story, and you're six pages. Mutant Chronicles had a bit of that, but I just didn't understand the setting. Dishonored, again, had the same problem as this, that I read the Dishonored book, and the game's very, very narrow. It's, you know, you play one character, you meet a couple of people, you have a very narrow story focus. Beyond that story, I don't know anything beyond the, like, the yeah. main story. So I couldn't, and there was a, at least there was a lot of background stuff in there. Um, but I just would have yeah, appreciated more like this is this is what an adventure looks like. Um, yeah, it would it would benefit it would benefit from that. See, for me, um, because oh maybe not because whatever. For me, I mean, I I have a graduate degree in World War II military history, so I'm <laughs> I'm like Captain Nerd when it comes to this stuff. So immediately I start, you know, the 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 gear wheels start turning is like you know what obscure battle could I dump the mythos on top of and stir them around you know there was a when i before i even had this stuff when i was just running off of the the closed um uh play test like early almost a year ago um i put together some some uh additional adventures beyond the one that was just that was in the quick start that we were given which actually is the one that's out there now a quick trip to france with some revisions uh, i created some other things I did a an adventure on a you know a one session on a, a U.S. naval ship in um, in the Pacific that was lost, and I wrapped a, like a deep ones um, <laughs> you know foundation under that thing. That's why that's why the ship was really lost, not because of you know wasn't torpedoed by a Japanese submarine. It was you know the deep ones got it, something <laughs> like that. And uh, so I think maybe it, it's an issue of like you know I come at this from a from a different angle. Um, so I'm taking all this, this, the weird made up stuff and plugging it onto the real world knowledge that I have. Yeah. I think probably part of my thing is that I am, it's the same in Mutant Chronicles. I was not familiar with at all. When I got the books, I read bits of it, but even reading it, I still didn't feel, at least I'm more familiar with this because I, you know, I know what happened in World War II. Um, yeah. I'm semi familiar with the Cthulhu stuff, how it goes together, I'm not super familiar with. But that's kind of some of the other ones, like Infinity, I was pretty in, like a lot of the other settings. If you're already familiar with them, then it makes it easier to, if they haven't given sure. me stuff, it wasn't a complaint. Um, I think like you're probably right that in here they've gone, oh, like, everyone knows what happened in World War II. You just and throw some monsters in, job done. But um, but yeah, I think, I mean, that that is that is my only complaint because apart from that, this is still like one of the better, like if I put this in the player's guide together, this is still one of the better cores they've done. You know, it doesn't, yep. it doesn't have, big gaping rules questions in it that don't make any sense. Like the rules in this are probably the best set of, you know, be best written ones they've got, um, you know, as a package, it's really good. It looks really fun. They've got loads yep. of cool stuff that you can run things with. And like you said, actually, because they are releasing adventures, um, you know, it's not, it's not a big issue. Um, it's just something that bugged me when I, when I went going through it. Yeah. Oh, this is annoying. Yeah, I, I like I said, I I think that it's got a couple of really great things going for it that that have nothing to do with the setting. Yeah, the the core rules are explained very clearly, and those rules are organized yeah. very clearly in both books. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I think we said this in the one on the players guide. If if you're even considering using this system to power a setting that that they don't publish, these two books would go a long way to clarifying the core elements of the system and providing you lots of examples to modify it into to something else. That aside, I really dig the the setting because I'm a military history nerd. So I and the Second World War especially, but I, I dig the setting and I'm I'm interested in seeing what they produce but then also just taking what they've given me and folding it into what I already know and finding ways to to twist. I years ago I ran at a local game convention a um a horror a horror session that was rooted during the American War for Independence right before the Battle of Bunker Hill and I had sorry I had the British uh uh like they were using like a witch doctor lady to send animated corpses after the Sons of Liberty to like kill them and take information so I had this giant map of 1775 Boston that I had blown up and they were you know finding their way around John Hancock's house and all this garbage and um so I've got the backlog of 
real history stuff that I can plug the weirdness into. And, uh, and that, I think, I think that should uh, lead to some good, some good games. Yeah. I'm, I'm really, I'm really happy with it. I think it's really yeah. good. And it also represents, I think like as Modifius continues to produce more things in different lines and in the same lines, they, they keep getting better and better at what they present and how they present it and how they explain yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, I think these are really well presented books. I'm looking forward to, I'm, I'm hoping they go back to, you know, cause there was a long line of stuff they released for Call of Cthulhu and Savage Worlds for yeah. acting Cthulhu. I'm hoping they just do just, just straight up convert a bunch of that stuff. Um, yeah. I have none of it. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I'm, I never had nor ever, I knew it was out there. It sounded interesting to me. I think this system is far more appropriate yeah. for a pulpy take on, on mythos. Um, and so I'm, I'm really happy with this, but it's nice. I mean, I, I come to it from a Octone Cthulhu standpoint, totally ignorant because yeah. I, I had none. I read none. I've got no experience with that existing content, but I know, yeah, you're right. There's a ton of it. Yeah. So I, I'm hoping that, you know, I mean, unlike other things, they'll be able to convert. So I guess it depends how well it's sold because, I think we've seen like, you know, June, they've announced some more books after that's out. Yep. Um, and obviously then we've had uh, like Star Trek is the one they keep releasing new stuff for. Yeah, I like that. I, I like how, you know, they they finalize the rules. They make the the free quick start available. And I don't I don't remember the exact sequencing and release dates on this, but, you know, the PDFs become available of the finalized two rule books. And then there are already a couple yeah. of adventures that you can get from their side. I think that's smart because then it, 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 it answers the questions mm -hmm. that you have. It addresses the gripe that you have and, and it starts to flesh out the con the, the, the lion's content. You know, I, I love, like I I've said this before, but I don't like reading off PDFs. I will refer to PDFs. I will look up things on PDFs. I'm happy to run an adventure that's a PDF that's only 25 or 30 pages. I'll print out the pieces that I want. And so I like the, um, I like what they're doing and they, you know, they're doing with the, the, all the, the various games that I play at least where there are your short additional resources are being made available for entirely reasonable yeah. prices through their yeah. website directly. I like that. And I, and I, I like the fact that they are already like laying out more offerings for this through the website. Um, but they got to have op orders. <laughs> if you modifious people want to know what I'm talking about, I will send you a sample. Got to have an op order. Got to do it. Yeah, I think I definitely, I'm, I'm, I'm opportunity really glad I've, I've got this. I'll be interested if I can actually get some games the other side. I think it depends whether my players go and watch June or not. If they go and watch June, hopefully I'll get some... Uh, Hopefully I'll be able to get some. And you know what you need to do there. when the weather's, I mean, like for like the, I don't know, you have nice weather there sometimes, don't you? Not the moment. <laughs> Come on now. Um, what you need to do, you need to go find some like ancient mound. You have those in England. <laughs> yeah. And you need to play a game out there or some, uh, like how far are you from Norwich? Uh, Norwich. Norwich takes a while to get to. It's about, uh, okay. About well, never mind. Hours. I, all yeah. I know is because I, I, I knew a, a, a gentleman who was a B-24 pilot who was based at the uh, the old airfield there. But you have those old airfields all over the yeah, place yeah, there. Yeah, really so, <laughs> so that's what you need to do. You need to go put on some khaki and olive drab clothes and go play a game sitting at one of these old places. You'd be, oh, it'd be great. I've just realized, is, is the, are the June books actually released? I'm not sure they have. No, they are. I mean, I, the, the, the core been, book and the, the, the special... Mine? look nice version i know they're on the shelves at my game store I'm just looking at the shelf i can't work out where mine is but i'm sure they have why where have i put it oh well i've done something with my june book maybe it's somewhere and you were reading it and you didn't put it away yeah maybe see no maybe because i it, i was so frustrated with the dueling rules i i destroyed it i don't think i did no that. you didn't do that you've just been waiting for the movie to come out i don't know where i put it Oh, well, well I, let's do I, this. Let, let's, let's wrap this up. So our, our dear listeners, you can keep fiddling around in your, uh, your, your bookcase here with all your games. <laughs> See, I keep all my games in a, uh, most of my books organized in a big metal wall locker in my garage. You just I, have this. I couldn't do that in this country. They would, well, they just, they'd rot in the, the yeah. wet and the damp that we get in the winter. Yeah. Usually we're at like single digit humidity. So that doesn't happen here. <laughs> 
yeah, I mean, it's like we're in October now. It's just gonna if it doesn't rain, we're lucky. I just expect kind of rain or rain or something like that every yeah, day. Yeah, no, there's there's no you'd have to have yeah, it wouldn't work. Just but uh, yeah, let, let's go ahead and, and and stick a fork in this because I I totally I like this. I think it's a great. They've done a great job. I think you know there's always going to be a hole or two in terms of things, but I, there are far fewer in this than it's stuff because, I've seen because, in the past. I because really I have the GM toolkit, I don't really have that hole. If I didn't have that, but I always buy them, so there is, there is actually no hole. But it was that kind of a little niggle. But um, other than that, yeah, I'm you know it's great. It's they've done a, a really good job of of putting these two books together. Um, yeah. So I am looking forward to playing it or running it at some point. Excellent. All right, then we will catch up and we will record another episode shortly. Thank you so much for listening. You can visit our show's homepage at anchor.fm slash fluff and crunch. That's F-L-U-F-F-N-C-R-U-N-C-H. We would really appreciate feedback and reviews on whatever podcasting platform you're listening to this on. Thanks so much. And if you're still listening and were the slightest bit worried, Chris did find his Dune book.